Welcome to the Art of Simple Hypnosis with Rob DeGroove. Rob's goal is to keep hypnosis simple and uncomplicated, fast, powerful, and effective techniques. In this show, Rob talks with leaders of the hypnosis industry on how to keep hypnosis simple and effective on the therapeutic side as well as on the business side. Enjoy, learn, and by all means, keep it simple. So, uh, Scott, welcome to the Art of Simple Hypnosis. Uh, this show is all about uh, well, uh, telling our viewers how we can uh, keep hypnosis simple, um, but also to learn uh, about the mistakes that we made. Everybody uh, has made mistakes in this business. So what was the biggest uh, mistake that you made in your hypnotherapy business, whether it was on a hypnosis side or maybe on a business side? Uh, the biggest mistake I made with a client that comes to mind uh, was a 14-year-old girl. And... You know, she, she had a little bit more than normal 14-year-old girl problems, but, you know, and, and she was coming to me for, you know, legitimate issues and, uh, you know, and trauma and stuff like that. And her mom said to me after our second or third session, her mom said, look, I'm, I'm not worried about it. I'm not freaking out about it, uh, but just talking about how things are going with my daughter and all that, I just... Like, I know she smokes pot, but she's not doing it too much or anything like that. It's just a little bit with her friends. And I was early in my career and I answered the question and that violated my client's confidentiality. Oh. And I said to the mom, I said, ah, you know, just a little bit. I wouldn't be worried about it either. Hmm. And the mom snapped and said, I knew it and was and tricked me. Oh. And, and so, and the mom was an attorney. Um, so she was good at that kind of ambush move. And I walked right into it and I violated my client's confidentiality. And uh, I knew that I had just really hurt my ability to help this kid who needed my help. So I would say that was a, a real learning moment for me. Yeah, uh, I think, yeah, it was like an honest mistake because the way that she presented it was like, I already know it, but uh, okay. Yeah, I mean, That's, she... Uh, no. She intentionally manipulated me, yep. uh, but I allowed myself to be manipulated yep. instead of just sticking to my boundaries. And I tried to, I, tr I prioritized in that moment, having rapport with the mother mm. over my client. Over the client. Uh, uh. Yeah, I think, it, like you said, it was in the beginning of your career. It's, it's like a beginner's mistake, but yeah. once you made it now, yeah, of course, now. And, uh, yeah. and it created a policy for me where I tell every time I'm working with a, uh, a kid, I make sure the parent hears me say this and the kid hears me say it at the same time. I said, look, in a month or in two weeks or something, your parent cares about you. And so they're going to ask me a question and they're going to say, how's it going with Bill, Bobby, Sarah, whatever. And they're going to forget this question in the moment. And they're just, they mean well. And I'm going to tell you right now, the only thing I ever say to parents is, you know, you've got a great kid there and I'm really happy with our progress. And that is the only answer I will ever give unless I believe you are going to commit suicide. And yeah, if, you, yeah, if I think you're going yeah. to hurt yourself, yeah, yeah. I'm going to do something. Yeah. Other than that, the only thing I will ever say is, you know, you've got a really great kid there and I'm really happy with our progress. Yeah. And then invariably a parent asks me, how's it going? And I say that and they go, oh yeah, right. And they're okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I they, set they the prepared. rule in the beginning. Oh. 
Yeah, yeah, of course. Now they're prepared, and and even if they forget it, but then the moment you you answer this, then they remember it, and then everything yeah. is clear. So yeah, they are not offended that you are not giving information, and and everything exactly. is clear. Yeah, uh, exactly. Okay, great. So, um, what was the best de decision that you ever made uh, for your uh, hypnotherapy business? Uh, the best decision I ever made for my hypnotherapy business was advice I got from Richard Nongard, which was, uh, you need to charge at least twice as much. And I, I just hadn't raised my rates in like 10 years. And I live in a very affluent area. And Richard Nongard said, look, you're at like the average price in America, and you're in a very expensive neighborhood. If you doubled your price, people would just start paying you cash. And this was a long time ago. I was yeah, charging $125. And uh, so I just, I switched to $200. And as soon as I did, all my clients just started paying me in cash. And they just started handing me two $100 bills. Mm. And I, it was a real wake up call that I could charge as much as I wanted. And so I obviously raised my price again, you know, over the subsequent years. Yeah. But that advice of, uh, I was trying to just be average. And that's, you know, wanting to no longer be average was uh, a big thing for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the, we had this discussion uh, this weekend when I was doing my my hypno fasting training uh, online with with some people. We were discussing the price setting of of the program, and there the were some that were uh, really like with a very low price, and they say, yeah, but in my area. And then a, a lot of people they they. Um, and it was like 55 pounds so it, it's it's wow. it's yeah that's nothing and i was also like wow you're uh and that's one of the things that i the, that i tell my my students in belgium uh the, the the newbies who do the the certification training i always tell them when people are looking for a therapy they're not looking uh for the cheapest one they're, they're just and if you're the cheapest one they probably not gonna take you serious and yeah. a lot some of some of my most of my students they they believe me when i say something like that and some they they try and they, they think oh maybe we go lower and then everybody is coming to us but they don't see clients and it, it doesn't work that way no, no it doesn't no, work that I, way it's uh, you don't maybe you don't have to be the most expensive but you can't be the, the cheapest one uh so and and sometimes the yeah the, the one who is the most expensive gets the clients because people take I mean, when, when i used to do uh calls with prospective clients i don't do those anymore uh but when i did those I would, they would say, how much do you cost? And I would tell them my price and they go, wow, you know, I'm, I'm shopping around and that's not as, you know, other people are more affordable in this area. And I said, oh, there's absolutely some great hypnotherapists that are, uh, you know, less expensive than I am. And in fact, I'm happy to recommend a few. If you're looking to save money, uh, I can give you the names of a couple of hypnotherapists that cost half what I do who are fantastic. And they all say, well, why do you charge more and they charge you less? I say, well, because I'm busy at this price, so obviously uh, enough people think I'm worth it, mm. and, uh, and and that's all. They go, well, why are they less? I go, I don't know. It's their decision, and you'll have to ask them. And they, most of them would then say, no, I don't need the number. I'll just go with you. Yeah, because you're honest, and and you just say, yeah, I I can I can afford it to have my price at that level because people uh, my my schedule is full. People book yeah. me, with me anyway. And when you say something like that, and I think when you went the other way around and you say uh, that's because I'm better, then they are not gonna then they're gonna be offended maybe or not gonna believe you. And now you were honest. You said you just said, okay, I can I can do it. People still book me, and then it's it's kind of a trust, and then they will book you they book you. 
And then when people ever ask for discounts, I always give the same answer, um, which is I don't offer discounts and I don't negotiate with my clients because I don't want this relationship to start with a negotiation because that means there will be a winner and a loser. Yep. And if you beat me in the negotiation, you don't want to work with the hypnotist that you just beaten in a negotiation. <laughs> no, that's not a good And if I beat you in point. the negotiation, you resent me for being better than you at debating. And so all of a sudden it puts something between us. So I just refuse to do that because either you want to work with me or you don't, but either way, I want to make sure you're successful and whoever you work with is set up to succeed. And that would set up for you to fail. And I don't want that to happen. Yeah. And no, they go, no, Oh, no. you thought this through. And, uh, and <laughs> that helps them understand no. that this is not, you know, my first client. Yeah. So uh, let me come back on, on something that you, you said. Uh, so you don't do uh, talks with, uh, with, with potential clients anymore. Uh, no. Is there a particular reason why you don't do that anymore? Uh, I'm busy. Busy. Oh. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I, I don't have to is, no. is honestly the answer. Okay. Um, well. uh, you know, I, might I do something that's a minute or two long or, you know, a phone call? Sure. But I stopped answering my phone three years ago. I stopped answering my voicemail two years ago. So I haven't listened to voicemail in two years. And my outgoing voicemail message says, I don't listen to these. Yeah, that's clear. Don't, <laughs> that's, yeah, don't, don't leave a message. Don't leave a message. No, yeah, that's clear. Yeah. I'm not going to do it. Here's where you go to get an appointment. We can talk then. If it's an emergency, call the police. I'm not here for emergencies. No. I'm here for our scheduled appointment times. And I tell all my clients, when you are in the room with me, I give you 100% of my available attention. I do the best I can to be completely present with you. That means I'm not thinking about the phone call I just got. It no. means I'm not, you know, I don't have an itinerary or an agenda of what needs to happen before or after this session. I'm with you. And, and that also means I might run five minutes late with you and bump into the next client's time. And, and, and I don't do the thing where I say, hey, we're making great progress, but it's been 55 minutes, so get out. No. Uh, I, you know, I, I make it all flexible. And I, I tell all my clients, if I was going to see a professional, I would want them to optimize for my outcome rather than minutes on a clock. Yeah. And I think that shows respect for all of you. So if you are ever waiting five minutes in my waiting room, and I, I don't want people to wait, um, but if anyone's waiting, it's because I made the decision to commit to a person's well-being, and over the long haul, that's best for everybody. Mm. And, and everyone gets that, you know, because everyone's felt rushed and like forced out the door, and no one, no one enjoys that. And so just understanding that once you sit in, uh, it's a couch, but once you sit on the couch across from me, this is your time. And you're, and the two of us are just going to get to where we need to get to today. And if it takes 40 minutes, we'll be done in 40 minutes. Mm. It takes an hour and 10 minutes. Okay. Yeah. Um, but usually it's, you know, 50 to 60 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, people are paying for a result, not for, for minutes, minutes yeah. on the clock. Yeah. That's that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's clear. Okay, so um, yeah, the, the name of the show is The Art of Simple Hypnosis. Is there any advice that you can give the viewers to keep hypnosis simple? Because that, that's my goal, to keep hypnosis as simple as possible. I don't like overcomplicated uh, stuff. So do you have yeah, advice so I on was, this? 
I was really fortunate that uh, the woman that Roy Hunter introduced me to, who, who passed away many years ago now, um, she didn't teach me the names of techniques. Mm -hmm. um, she didn't teach me the names of processes. Uh, she just taught me what worked and how to do it. And she was one of those people who had been around forever and knew everybody. You know, she was just cool. And uh, so I went to my first hypnosis conference and you know, a year after she had trained me, something like that. And everyone said, hey, do you know NLP? Do you know NLP? And I said, what's NLP? And, and at the time, NLP was really big. It was in the 90s. And, uh, and they were like, oh my God, it's the most important, powerful stuff. And I was like, I've gotten ripped off. And they're like, do you know timeline work? And I was like, what's timeline work? And they're like, do you know? Yeah, because you, like, you didn't know the, the, the terms and the names. And, the, uh... and so I signed up for all these classes at the conference, like for all these post-conference things and all these additional things. And I spent all this money and I went to all these rooms. And I was like, I know all of this. I know everything they're talking about. I just didn't know it was a cool name. And, and that really helped me get to where, uh, and this goes to your, uh, the answer to your question, which, which is how to make it simple is there are a lot of people, you know, like Rob and I, who get paid to teach you stuff. And so it, it makes sense for us to put names on those things and put labels on those things so we can help differentiate between one class and another. Yeah. And, and it, it, it makes sense. There's, there's utility in that. But your clients don't know any of it. And your clients don't know what timeline work is, no. nor do they care. Uh, your clients don't care about regression to cause versus parts therapy versus future pacing. What they need is a moment in the session where they, they feel either a catharsis, like a release or a belief change where they say, this is going to work. That's, there's a moment, there's an aha, yep. there's a thing. And that's it. That's the session. And whatever you need to do to dress that up is what you need to do to dress that up. And what I've found is the longer someone's doing the work, the less it takes the hypnotist to get the client into that moment. Mm. Um, it's, you know, like in sports, the veteran is not as fast as the, the rookie. You know, the, the young kids coming in can, you know, run and jump and do all the things faster, but the veteran really gets it done because they know where to be and how to do things. Yeah. So then how to make things easy. And I think uh, one of the reasons I was excited to do uh, this interview is because of the title and because of this idea of helping encourage people to strip things away and to make things as simple and as possible. And there's, there's a real elegance to that, um, that, that you have to earn and it takes time and, you know, you don't have to rush that. But for me now, my work is, is, is very naked. It's, it's very clean. Um, and, and I, I think it's more it's, it's more enjoyable for me that way. Yeah. Okay. So um, in the in the simple question round, uh, when I asked the question of the favorite induction, uh, you said uh, I don't do an, a formal induction. I just say close your eyes. Well, yeah. it's actually actually is also an induction when you say close sure. your eyes. Yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I, I I remembered it was at the I think the UK hypnosis convention. There was this. Uh, show hypnotist and he was uh his, his presentation was about the fact that he's not using inductions uh, during his show and then uh he showed some videos and the first video was uh he telling his volunteers uh go and sit on that chair close your eyes and relax and i was thinking 
that's an induction guy. <laughs> you just you just did an induction, so you everybody's using inductions of Okoeik. Uh, so so why did you you change the, on that? Because yeah, it's it's obviously working for you. But yeah. was there a certain moment in time that you said, okay, this is enough for me, and I'm I'm just going to do it like this, or or? No, I think it evolved. Um, you know, I I think so much of the work that I've done in my career has been in uh, clinical environments. You know, real treatment facilities, uh, yep. drug and alcohol dependency, uh, dental offices, uh, doctors' offices, things like that, where I'm actually on in their office, not in mine. Mm. And so I go in and I'm, I'm part of their team. Mm. And when you're part of a treatment team, you need protocol, uh, you because you need the other people on the team to know what to expect. Yeah. And so, like when I was doing the the dental work. Um, the, the, the dental hygienist, well, it was more the dental assistant. The dental assistant and I had a good flow and, and they're very process oriented. And so I worked, you know, really strictly to hit the process that they were ready for. And even when it was, you know, less efficient than what was needed, because, you know, just it's choreography, it's dancing and, and, and having that work with them um, needed to be done in that environment. But then I also had my office at the same time. And so I was always looking to shave time off things without it being um, demonstrative. Like, you know, a, a good rapid induction is a great thing, but you can't do a hand drop in a doctor's office. Like yeah. it's just, it's, yeah. it's just, it, it doesn't fit well. No. And, um, and, and that kind of congruence really matters. You need to have uh, your process and who you are and, and all these things, when they all line up, you know, it's like when your suit matches and it looks good versus when your shoes don't match the suit. And the more everything matches, the less work you have to do. And so I was always looking for ways to shorten things because in those clinical offices, every minute counts, but you can't do anything rapid. And so I started playing with, if I could, uh, do all, you know, shorten things and shorten things. And, and actually one of the things that really happened was I was in the doctor's, I was in the dentist's office and there was a patient that was resisting the anesthesia, uh, the, the, uh, the, the gas and the, the gas, injection uh, sedation. It wasn't just, you know, a shot in the tooth. It was, it was for surgery. And, uh, and so they said, Scott, can you come in and assist, uh, the anesthesiologist who I had met, but never worked with. And, uh, I walked in and I, I just did, you know, this, this client was contrarian and, and, and agitated and trying to keep control, but they were trying to sedate a person who was trying to stay in control. And so I just did the whole, you know, uh, try to keep your eyes open, don't close them yet. And, you know, that whole thing um, where I was pushing the, eventually you are going to close your eyes and do a bunch of embedded commands. And I just started that way. And I said, relax, we're not going to do any of that yet. This is just you and I. And I just talked for maybe a minute and they were out. And then, uh, and then they did the gas and then they did the, uh, the whole thing. And that was the first moment where the staff looked at me and they were like, are you like, that was, that was next level magic. We've seen you do pain control. We've seen you do all this stuff, but you didn't do an induction. Hmm. And I was like, no, you don't need them. And so that allowed me to start doing more and more uh, time efficient things in that office. Mm -hmm. So as soon as you get the person to do what you say, you establish the right authority and trust 
and they are reducing external stimuli to focus and follow your directions, you got them. Yeah, then, then they are where you want them, of course. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, really yeah. what you need is compliance more yeah. than you need anything else. Yeah, yeah, I think that that's really important. Uh, yeah. Great. So, um, yeah, every time uh, when I when I have a guest in the in the show, we, we talk about a certain topic, and uh, yeah, the topic that uh, I want to discuss with you is uh, conferences. Um, so, yeah, in particular, uh, Hypnotots. Uh, yeah, yeah, the conference uh, that you organize. Um, so there will be uh, a next one this year. I think it's uh, July. It's a bit it earlier. Yeah. yeah it's uh, yeah. Um, it's a little so, earlier because so many stage hypnotists have the college circuit in August. Oh yeah, and and just moving it earlier saves that. Yeah, yeah. For us, it's for the Europeans, it's not that good, especially for the, the for us in Belgium because it's holiday period, so flights are much more expensive. But yeah, okay. We heard. We didn't yeah, know that. Yeah, yeah. It's, that. it's different. It's a yeah. big difference. Yeah. Um, so, uh, what is the status for for, for this year? Uh, do you have some new things? To, some things because uh, I can imagine a lot of uh, our viewers they they know Hypnotods, they they visit it. Uh, but one of the things that that uh, I also want to uh, I encourage my my students students uh, from all over the world uh, to go to conferences. Um, yeah. Most of, of course, my students, they uh, mostly go to the Europe. Uh, I had I had already some students uh, joining me to, uh, to Las Vegas. Uh, but I think uh, for me, a conference is like uh, hanging out with with the, the fa with the family, uh, joining, uh, being together with people who are in the same profession. Uh, they don't look, look funny when you say when you talk about right. hypnosis and, and things that you did or whatever uh so uh and then i when i whenever whenever i come home from a conference my, my head is filled filled with ideas and things that that can grow my business uh so i think it's it's really important also for for everybody out there to to join uh conferences so yeah. maybe you can uh, tell something about uh, hypnotots uh this year yeah, well, first I'll say that conferences changed my career, for sure. Going to conferences, I've been to almost 70. Like, I've been to a lot of conferences. I, I was going to many a year for, for quite a few years, uh, starting in the 90s. And uh, so I've been to a lot of conferences. And yeah, it, it, it creates relationships. It allows you to see how other hypnotists work. And, you know, like, like I'm alone in my office with my clients, and you're alone in your office with your clients, which means... I'm the best hypnotist in my office uh, forever. Like, I'm, <laughs> I'm always the best hypnotist in my building. It's fantastic. Um, and it's, it's easy because of that to get a real God complex and an ego. And, and it's also easy to get lonely uh, and, and get this isolation where you start believing all the great feedback from your clients and you forget that everyone else gets it too. Mm. And so it's easy for me to walk into any conference. I'm the best hypnotist in the building because I'm always the best hypnotist in my building. And then to see other hypnotists and it puts me in a place where I can be more receptive and be more open and question myself and then learn and talk and, and actually find out why people are doing things the way they are. And so that's one of the reasons why we built HypnoThoughts around the idea of community and, and creating those moments and creating time to make friends. And, and, and that's why we buy lunch for everybody. You know, we, we want to make sure that everyone has a chance to accidentally meet someone that can change their life. Um, and uh, yeah, to, to your point, we, we try to experiment with things every year. Uh, one of the things that when we created the conference, we, we knew we didn't know what we were doing. 
And so we set it up one way the first year, and then we, we learned from some mistakes and we changed some stuff the next year. And the same thing happened for a few years. And right around year four or five, we had it dialed in pretty well. You know, we'd made enough mistakes and learned from them that we had a good thing. And we said, okay, let's, let's see what we can tweak and what we can get away with and what won't work. And some stuff definitely has not worked, uh, but some stuff has, and it's, it's been fantastic. And, and one of the things that we uh, have changed for this year is we've added a lot more four hour talks. So we've doubled the number of half day talks that you get for free. Um, so when you come to the conference, our one, two and four hour talks are all included in the registration. Uh, which is different than on uh, the other conferences. They, they often charge more for the two, three or four hour talks and just the one hour is free. But we like the idea of you can just go to whatever's exciting, what, whatever's interesting. In part actually, because when I went to that first conference, I paid extra for a bunch of stuff I didn't need. Mm. And, uh, and that sucks. And so this year, one of the things I really am pushing for is, is longer form content. So our, our pre and post conference workshops we have more like three and four day classes that we've really almost never done before. We have quite a few of them. And uh, during the conference, we have more half day conference or talks. So I think what that does is it really helps people who are experienced, right? You know, people who've been doing the work for five years, 10 years, whatever it is, who don't need a one hour talk on something, but they, they want to get into the, the nuance and the deep stuff. Uh, it creates an opportunity for that to happen. Uh, so that's that's the big shift that uh, we've we've put into this year's conference. Yeah, I, I think it's uh, especially a conference like Hypnotots with so many uh, participants. There will be newbies in the in the business, but also people who are in the business for like twenty or over twenty years. So so yeah. they have different needs, of course. They they, they yeah. have dif different interests in in uh, what's going on so and and going into a four-hour uh, training or class is is always yeah uh, you get because yeah a one hour is, is it's only 50 minutes uh and and i know it from being a presenter uh, sometimes it, it's really hard to get to get your information inside those 50 minutes because people want to ask questions and then uh, again when you have like a, a bigger time slot you you really can give value to uh, to the and and then uh, when everything is included in in the price yeah that that's great of course uh, so people just arrive and they know uh, uh, beyond of the the things that they will buy in the in the in the dealer room but they yeah. know what what the the conference will cost them uh, because they go in and they they know I can I can just go wherever I want. And one of the things that we push a lot is I mean you're right the the 50 minute time slots you know I've been a presenter at a bunch of conferences mm -hmm. uh, and and there are some topics you can absolutely cover in 50 minutes yeah, right for sure, for sure. No. and there are some that you just can't like you just no. it doesn't fit and uh, I've been I've been an, uh, an attendee a student in uh, workshops at conferences that are one hour long. And I hear the presenter say, well, you can't really teach anything in an hour. So this is just going to be a commercial for my three hour talk. No, and that's... we we refuse to allow that at HypnoThoughts Live. And I, I tell all the presenters, anybody who does that is going to be not invited back next year. Hmm. Um, and I can I can create lasting change in my clients in an hour. And, and so can you. And so can a lot of other people. So if you can help a person change in an hour, you can talk about it in an hour. Yeah, now, some talk, you know, some things take more time for sure. And we want to create that. But I want to make sure that those one hour talks are, you know, useful. And, uh, and 
it's it's so cool to you know have the conversations with a bunch of presenters because we have you know hundreds, a couple hundred presenters, and to say you can do this talk in an hour, and they say yeah, and then they they get in there and, and they do a great talk, and the presenters have really bought in to this idea of you can't have a commercial as your talk. Your talk has to be educational, not promotional, and and because we've pushed that culture, anybody who breaks that really stands out negatively. And, and people call them out on it. And they say, this wasn't a class, this was a commercial. Mm. And, uh, and so then we can intervene and, and do stuff about it. So it means that whatever you're looking for, a one hour, a four hour, a three day, whatever it is, if you know what you want to find, you can find it at Hypnothons. Yeah, I think that that's really important that that people go into whatever it is a one hour, two hour, or four hour talk, and that they really get value. If they just if it's just a pitch for for another training, then yeah, they don't. It's just a waste of time. Then of course they they just can can go to somebody's website and then and read the landing page and the the the, yeah. the, sale, the sales page over there. So yeah, people people want value. That that that's, yeah. yeah, that's that's good. And, that's and of course, you know, there there's times where there's a person giving a one hour talk and they have a two day post-conference on it of course that that's a reasonable thing to have happen yeah, and they'll they won't be able to dive as deep in the one hour of course um but when when those things happen i say look you need to figure out what they're going to take away you need to be able to give them a thing that they can walk away with mm. um not just a desire to take a two hour and because other though they will create resentments if uh, if they don't take that uh lesson yeah, yeah. Um, I, I attended uh, also quite some conference uh, and then I attended some some talks and even even it's just one thing that you can take away, then you have something like, okay, this was worth my time and, and uh, that that's good that I learned something, I got an idea or I got something and when it's just a sales pitch, uh, then yeah, then you don't have that feeling, then you then you leave. Uh, without that feeling and I think that's really yeah. important and I think the the, the hypnotals attendees they already know it uh, that they that they don't uh, are, are not going to visit uh, sales pitch after sales pitch after sales pitch because of the the, the culture that you established uh, on, on that conference yeah you know I have I've got a great relationship with a lot of other uh, conference organizers you know just you know some of them I'm on their board some of them I've just been a, an attendee for many years and, and some of them are just friends and uh, one of them, who's a great guy, said, you have retrained the industry with HypnoThoughts Live in terms of what to expect. And you are, you are disrupting things, I think, for the better, uh, because you are not letting presenters get away with being lazy. And you are allowing new presenters to come in. And you, you are doing a lot of things that we haven't done in a long time. And your audience now expects it from everyone. And so it's forcing us to make changes just to keep up. Mm. And, and that was like the best compliment I could get. Yeah, of course. Well, uh, yeah, it, it, it will, the other conference that people, uh, because yeah, you are, you have the, the most uh, attendees uh, from all yeah. the conferences in the world. So the, the ones who are going to other conferences, most of them have probably visited thoughts once or twice in in their in their career so yeah they, they have this expectation and they go to another conference and when they see all sales pitches over there they will be disappointed and they will yeah. call out on it so yeah that's 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 normal yeah 
Okay, so um, yeah, I already uh, uh, said it was is the biggest con convention uh, in the world. Do you have an idea uh, from how many countries you have uh, visitors uh, in in the history of hypnotauts? Uh, have you ever tracked it? Um, we, we tracked it a few years ago. I mean, maybe maybe four years ago. So it's been quite some time, and it was it was more than twenty countries. Mm uh four years ago so i'm, I'm sure it's and, and in a single year um yeah, so well. i'm sure it's you know significantly more than that now mm -hmm. um you know when when we had the website hypnothoughts.com uh, i was really excited one day it was ridiculous but for some reason there uh, we got all seven continents so we got antarctica which is a hard one to get um and uh, but i had you know through ip uh, ip address you can just uh, well. what countries hit and uh, a guy popped up from Antarctica. And so I contacted him and I was like, what? <laughs> and he was a, you know, he's some researcher down there who no. also had, you know, thought hypnosis was a neat hobby. And so he logged on, you know, 10 or 20 times. And so we hit all seven continents, which was like this huge moment for me um, that was only important to me, uh, but it was fun. I, yeah, I can imagine that's uh, that's a fun fact to 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 tell about, yeah, to talk about, yeah. Probably indeed. the only hypnosis website to ever get all seven continents. All seven continents, yeah, yeah, I can imagine that. Yeah. <laughs> not, not much will get uh, Antarctica, so. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, is there um, for for the ones who never uh, been to Hypnotauts, is there uh, anything that you can? Um, Give them as an advice or, or uh, because I, I know when the, the first time I arrived there, um, uh, for me, it was what it was kind of special. Uh, I arrived, uh, it was it was not my first time in Las Vegas, but my first time in Hypnotots. Uh, I arrived after like a 14 hour flight and I, I, was, I was waiting, uh, waiting at the, the airport. And uh, there was a guy uh, waiting next to me uh, for the for the shuttle uh, bus to the to the Orleans. And um, he looked at me and he said, "Hey, uh, you're Rob the Grove." And uh, I said, "Yeah, I'm. I bought your book." And I said, "I said, oh, you're the, that one guy who bought my book because right. I, I, <laughs> I had my uh, my mentalism for hypnotherapist. Uh, I launched it actually at Hypnotots. And some people, some people, they they bought it up front, and he was one of the guys. So for me, it was like, okay, great. And uh, but I can I can imagine that uh, I, I already uh, know a lot of uh, and knew a lot of people who were there, so I had I had my contacts there. So, but I can yeah. imagine for for some people mm -hmm. visiting uh, visiting Hypnotots for the first time, uh, and they don't know a lot of people there, it can be a, like a bit overwhelming because it, it's it's quite a big building. Uh, it's especially for the ones coming from from Europe, um, and and it's it, there are so many rooms. Um, I had a I had a hypno uh, hypnosis day in in Belgium, and my students were complaining that uh, they, that I had three rooms and that they had to make decisions. And I said, yeah. okay, when you go to Las Vegas, hypnotauts, you have to make twelve. You can choose from twelve different rooms every yeah. hours. That's making decisions. Three rooms, yeah. it's nothing. So yeah. maybe you can give no some advice for, for the new visitors to 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 make it. What what can they do? Uh, what, what is there a way to make it easier for yeah. them to make yeah. it like? And, you know, and I'll say this is true for all conferences, um, but especially true for Hypnothos Live. Um, and and this is not an original sentence at all. And and many people have heard this before. But the best education happens outside the classroom. 
the the conversations you're having in the hallways, the conversations you're having at a vendor booth, the conversations you're having at lunch or at a bar or whatever, that's where the depth is. Mm. And so the I, I really see the classes as opening loops, right? They're they're starting and seeding conversations and, and creating topics to to have long form, like intimate conversations. Mm. And uh I remember an IMDHA conference in Florida 12 years ago, you know, a long time ago, maybe more, maybe like 15 years ago, it's a long time ago. And I was sitting at a table and I, I won't say the name. Well, I will say the names of the people, whatever. It was, uh, it was Michael Watson. It was Michael Elner. Uh, it was, oh geez, what's her name? She's from South Africa. Uh, Claudia Klein, uh, Claudia and, and, uh, and Dan Cleary. And, and they were all having this conversation and debating and, and, you know, wonderful conversation. And I was just sitting there listening and just, and just watching this happen and, and hearing these people talk about things that was like real, uh, there's an American uh, phrase called inside baseball, uh, which means that you have to love baseball to know what people who love baseball are talking about. Oh, oh. And, uh, because you know all the weird specific statistics and whatever no one else cares about but baseball fans mm. uh and, and it was that it was like it was real deep hypnosis conversations and i was just sitting there absorbing it all uh and i was fortunate that when i was coming up in the industry most of the big hypnosis conferences were on the east coast of the united states and i'm on the west coast so just traveling means i get a three hour buffer on my bedtime so I could stay up late and be alert and comfortable better than the people who were on the East Coast. Yeah. And I was in college. So I was used to staying up late and I could drink. And so I had a better drinking tolerance and a better stay up late tolerance. So I could just start drinking and hanging out and talking with Shawn Michael Andrews or Roy Hunter or whoever it is. And by the time, you know, one in the morning came around for them, it's like, 10 p.m. for me it's not uh, 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 yeah but they're getting awake tired. And fresh uh -huh. they've had a couple drinks and now they're telling me stuff that they wouldn't normally say and uh and so i learned so much about the profession and so much about what it takes to be a professional and mm -hmm. what it and you know the pitfalls and the and the successes and the secrets just from that and yeah. uh sometimes i was engaging in the conversation and sometimes I was just this nobody fly on the wall. And sometimes I was one of the most important people in the conversation, depending on what year it was and what was going on in the stage of my career. Um, but the ability to be around people who are having conversations that you're not yet ready to have, but hearing conversations that are like above you or out of your league right now is a really, really good thing. Yeah. And you'll get to hear I heard Jerry Kine and uh, Michael Elner uh, debating uh, uh, regression to cause. And, you know, and we were, it was the three of us. It was Jerry Kine, Michael Elner, and me. And like, where the hell do I get to sit at that table? Um, but I did. And I, they were going back and forth and they kept pointing at me as an example, just to be an asshole. Um, <laughs> and you sit there and you go, oh my gosh, these are two people who have helped thousands of people and they disagree on the most fundamental thing hmm. and th those are the kinds of conversations you can only have at a conference 
with everybody from around the world um, in attendance. Yeah, it's, it's actually uh, the same advice that I, I give my students when I when I talk uh, about conventions. Uh, I always tell them the presentations are good, but in the evening at the bar, that's where you learn stuff. That's where yeah. where the, it, I, I learned it uh, bef before I was in hypnosis. Uh, I was an entertainer in magic. When you go to magic conventions, those magicians, they will never tell, they will never uh, tell the, the entire secret uh, in the presentation, but at night in the pub, that's yeah. where the secrets are, uh, are yeah, then, then you can, uh, and, and then especially when, and, and like you said, when you're young, you can stay up a bit longer, you can drink a bit more, and then, then you learn stuff, of course, yeah, that's right, that's right, very good, very good advice, actually, yeah. Yeah, and, and when you're presenting, when you're a presenter, and you're in front of the room, and you've got, you know, 50 people in your room, you're ready to be that you're prepared to be that. But when you're in the bar or when you're in a hall or, and you're just talking, you, you kind of can't help, but sh share a little bit more than you would because you're, it's just person to person. And one of the great things about the conference is everybody who's at the conference has dedicated their career to helping people. So everybody there is the kind of person who wants to help. And that's a wonderful environment. Just knowing that everybody you meet, everyone you shake hands with, everyone you sit next to has made a commitment to help strangers. Mm. And what, I mean, if you're the kind of person who's easily intimidated by large crowds or nervous or any of that stuff, this is as safe a community and as welcoming an environment as we can create. And we, we actually put a lot of work into helping that be as easy as possible for all of you. Yeah, that's uh, the, the, the good thing. Well, what I, um, the feeling that I have uh, even more than, than with the magic convention is that uh, when you're in, at a hypnosis convention, everybody is, is ready to share. Everybody yeah. is ready to give you advice, to talk about stuff. Uh, I remembered so many conversations I had in, in, in a hallway, in a bar, where people just uh, said, oh, maybe you can do this or, or, or we have a topic. But most of them, they just say, oh, yeah, I, I, I did it uh, this way or I, I took that approach uh, on a business level, but also on a therapy level. So, so you learn so much that uh, and that's why whenever I, I leave a, a convention, um, I once made a mistake. Uh, I attended the, the UK hypnosis convention and uh, one day later, I, uh, I went off for like one month. Uh, I, I had a flight to Thailand to go on a, on a holiday. And I, I'm never going, going to do that again because my, my head was so f uh, filled with ideas. And yeah. then I was on a holiday and actually, yeah, on a holiday, I want to, to let go of the work, but my, I had so many ideas and I was so like, oh no, I have to, I have to work this out. I have to do this. So I'm, I'm not going to do that anymore because you, you yeah, you, you can, yeah. can get so, and one idea can, can change your entire business. Uh, so and and that's so energized, right? Like just mm -hmm. being in the room and seeing, like it's one thing, like as a hypnotist, we're all so isolated, you know, in our careers mm. that when you go see another hypnotist who's, you know, you can say, okay, that person's like me. You know, maybe there's some people up here. Maybe there's some people down there, like just in terms of like experience mm. um, and, and training and things like that. But this person's, you know, we're, we're about the same. And look at what they're doing with their career. 
I should be able to do that. And so you can go talk to them and you say, what are you doing differently than me? And then they tell you, and, and you're excited to take that back and implement it into your practice. And, and to have that opportunity to see a person who's doing a thing you want to be able to do, have them tell you how to do it. And maybe it's not even technique. Uh, I mean, maybe it's, you know, we've got a bunch of people who talk about like business system stuff and, and how to actually succeed in the work um, outside of the client sessions, because there's a lot that goes into that, that a yeah. lot of uh, young hypnotists don't know. Sometimes it's even more important. Uh, I remember, uh, I, I think it was uh, the last, the last, uh, or, to, or the one before uh, at, at, at Hypnotots. Uh, we were uh, at, at a swimming pool. Um, I was there with Carl Smith, and he said, "Yeah, I have a, I have a training tomorrow. If you want, just uh, hop in and then come and say hello." And and the moment I entered uh, his training, it was somewhere in the afternoon, and he was just writing. And I I tell it to my students all the time because that's an aspect that they sometimes forget. And at the moment, at, at that time, he, he was just writing on on the on the board uh, the words um, b um, businessman, uh, marketeer and a therapist and he said first place i'm a i'm a marketeer or businessman i don't know the the order uh, and at the at the, the last place actually i'm a therapist because you can be the best therapist in the world if nobody knows where you are you don't see clients and and that's something that and uh yeah. like a few hours before i had a chat with somebody who's going to do some some uh, marketing trainings and 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 uh, trainings to add value to or to add skills to hypnotherapists that they can need the first training that she's going to do now it's, it's about re making recordings and one one thing that i that i uh, experienced during the years when I, when I put out the training in Belgium, I'm speaking of, of my Belgian students, when I put out the training, and that's um, not the next certificate on the wall that says that they know a new approach, right. not a lot of people are signing up. And But then again, right. when they see me, they say, oh yeah, we, we, we have so much difficulties to, to find clients. I say, yeah, but I did, uh, there was a training on marketing on how you can, and nobody signs up because it's not the next certificate on the wall. And exactly. I think that's uh, that that's what I what I uh, really like at conferences that it's not all about therapy that that are like people like Jason Lynette talking about business systems and 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 people that they say okay and because that that's really important and sometimes really people is. forget it. Oh. And I mean, in year for a couple of years, we actually had um, tax attorneys come yeah. to the conference and and give lectures on like tax planning and and how to set things up uh, as a entrepreneur yep. Yep. and, and people were like, why do you have a, a tax attorney at a hypnosis conference? I was like, because you should know this stuff. Yeah. Uh, it's quite important. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 Like you're, you you're, your you're money in and not go to jail. Ever. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's quite important. Yeah. It's good advice. Very good advice. Okay. Yeah. So, um, uh, when people want to get in touch with you, how can they find you? Uh, what's the best way? Facebook. Oh. I'm I'm I live on Facebook. If you want to find me, we we obviously have the Hypno Thoughts Live group on Facebook. Feel yeah. free to join that and hang out. Uh, but I mean, I'm easy to find on Facebook, and uh, I I reply to messages there uh, pretty promptly. Okay, like I said, so, I don't check my voicemail, so that's, no, that's no, the no. they can't call you. No, no. So I, I will put uh, those those details also from the the Hypno Thoughts uh, Facebook group, a very interesting yeah. group uh, to be part of. I will put that uh, in the show notes so people can find information there about uh, Hypno Thoughts, and when they have questions about the conference, they uh, yeah. And uh, I can uh, the only advice that I can give. Uh, 
Uh, go and, and visit conferences uh, when when you're a hypnotherapist. You will you will learn uh, so much uh, on those conferences. You will get uh, great context. You get friends for life uh, at yeah. conferences. So yeah. I think that that's uh, really important uh, also to to grow your business and then to to learn new stuff. So. Yep. So Scott, thank you very much. Uh, I hope to see you uh, in Las Vegas in uh, August uh, if, if the world uh, is, uh, is opening and uh, we are allowed to fly to, uh, to the United I States. Will. I will be there and, uh, because I'm really looking forward to spend some time with the family and uh, have a great time with, uh, with a lot of uh, hypnotherapists because I love all this.